And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order, you know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, we'll continue our month-long Christmas programming with a Western adventure of Red Rider from 1948. Then it's part one of a comedy episode of The Great Gildersleeve starring Willard Waterman from 1950. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm good. And look, there's Mikey Costello over there. I'm right here. (laughs) Man, if it wasn't for Mike, these shows would not sound like they do. Our shows sound amazing, and that's a testament to Mike's abilities. We have the original 16-inch transcription discs. We have that transferred, and then Mike takes those shows and does some magic wand stuff. He has like a whole bunch of uh, abracadabra stuff. Right, Mike? Yep. Yep, and he makes it sound fantastic. I can't tell you what I do because then I wouldn't have any work. No, can't. We can't (laughs) can't reveal. You know, a magician never reveals the secrets. Exactly. There you go. And he is a magician. So we do thank you for that, Mike. Our listeners love the fact that these classic radio shows always sound so good, thanks to Mike Estella. Thank you. All right, well, we are going to tune in to Red Rider to start things off. This was a Western series. It was a radio show based on the popular comic strip by Stephen Schlesinger and Fred Harmon. It came into radio in 1942, lasted all the way to 1951, and for a time, it beat its rival, the Lone Ranger, in the ratings. It was billed as America's famous fighting cowboy. Red was a cowhand who acted as a deputy sheriff going after the bad guys and bringing them to justice. Red never killed his enemies, only shooting the guns out of their hands. Reed Hadley, Carlton Cadell, and Brooke Temple all played Red Rider over the run. There were 35 movies and serials made about Red Rider, but it never made a transition to TV, although two pilots were produced. We have a radio episode for you now, a Christmas show from December 23, 1948. This stars Brooke Temple as Red Rider. The Adventures of Red Rider. Out of the West comes America's famous fighting cowboy. Well, Red, you too, Gadget. This here sure looks like it might be a white Christmas. It does at that, Buckskin, much as I hate to agree with you. <laughs> but this time of the year when folks is feeling all friendly and neighborly, why... Good night. See what's happening? Someone's trying to raid that freight wagon, bringing all the Christmas presents in from Junction City. Let's get that buzzard fast. Out there, boy. Palm those hooks. Go. Hunt. Well, there's no doubt of two things. Our Red Rider story has something to do with Christmas, and on top of that, it's not all easy sledding for the big red-headed cowboy. And now, because this is a special Christmas story, the bakers of Langendorf bread want you to enjoy every single moment of it without any interruptions. I'm not even supposed to take time to talk about their bread tonight. 
So for the next 24 minutes, just sit back and enjoy a fine, fast-moving Red Rider Christmas story with the compliments of the bakers of Langendorf Bread, America's Finest. And now for our action-packed and heartwarming story of the West that lives forever. With Christmas Eve just a matter of hours away, Red Rider, Buckskin, and Red's Aunt the Duchess are at Painted Valley working feverishly over last-minute Christmas lists while Little Beaver is just leaving school for the Yuletide holiday. Have a wonderful Christmas, children, and I'll see you all back here at school again right after the New Year. Thank you, teacher. Thank you, Mr. Yu, too. Hi, Little Beaver. We do hope you have just a wonderful Christmas, don't we, Timmy? You bet we do, Susie. Merry Christmas to you, Susie and Timmy. And let me wish them you'd be sure you have a good Christmas. We will, Little Beaver. So it won't be like last year when our mom and pop were alive. Folks have been nice to us, awful nice. We don't care if we don't get presents. Christmas isn't just for presents. Christmas is... Well, Christmas is what's inside you. Sure. When our folks were alive, we got plenty, little beaver. Sue and me don't need presents. Well, maybe you can come over to Peanut Valley and see our tree. Me let them you know. Bye, little Bye, beaver. Bye, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's Peanut Valley. Hit them still, Pat. Now we got to get him home to Red Rider. Get him up, Papoose. Get! Come on, Duchess. What would you like for Christmas? Oh, doggone it, Red. I don't want you spending any money on me. Maybe I'm getting kind of old, but, well, just having you around and being the kind of man you are, well, that's Christmas present enough for me. 365 days a year. Well, tinsel's to toy trade. <laughs> the old gals are getting soft in her old age. Old age? Why, you ball bean, barnacle, buffalo face, blithering booby. <laughs> the best Christmas present you can give me is to retire to the old cowboy's home. Uh, now, what would an old cowboy want with buckskin? Well, now, looks like little Beaver's coming home from school at last. Yep, and he sure looks. Well, I'll be dog. He don't another. Don't what? Don't look happy, that's what. Well, that's funny. Youngster does look unhappy. Well, we'll soon be finding out the whys and wherefores. Hi, Red Rider. Hello, honey, Duchess. Hey, I'm here too, you know. Howdy, Buckskin. Well, now, that there's better. Now, young fella, we all would like... Excuse me, Buckskin. Red Rider, you getting me Christmas presents yet? Well, uh, uh... Why? What difference does it make if we've gotten your presents yet? Maybe there's something the child's like, Red... Now, is that it, little beaver? Yes, that right. If you don't buy him presents already, me know him what me want. Me want him to give him, you to give him me the money. Now, hold on there, son. Give you the money? What's the idea of that? You ask him me what me want him and me tell him you. You don't want him to do it? That be him up to you. Me sorry, Red Rider. Me just tell him you truth. See him you later, maybe. Well... Money for Christmas. Now, see, uh, when I was top deputy to Wild Bill Hickok, I got to learn a lot about engines, and I'm telling you that there ain't no way of rightly figuring them out sometimes, and this year is one of the times. Well, he's not going to get the money, I'll tell you that. No, and he's not going to get any presents neither if we don't saddle up a couple of horses and get in the devil's hole. Come on, then. Let's get our horses out of the barn and head for town, or nobody around here is going to have enough Christmas to put in your eye. Nice weather for... Red, is that three people down there hoofing it for town? Where, Dutch? Oh, yeah, I see them now. 
Oh, you know who that is? It's the Lockhart children and Weary Wilson. Lockhart youngins? Uh, you mean them at two orphans, Red? Uh, Susie and Tim? Uh-huh. I don't for a minute like the idea of them being with Weary Wilson either. The town's no good in Loafer. Now, Red, that don't sound like you picking on a man just because he's out of work. Out of work, my eye. Weary Wilson's out of work because he won't work. Oh, he does odd jobs, Red. I've seen sure, him... Sure, he does odd jobs. And the minute he gets four bits in his pocket, he quits until that's used up. He's no company for two nice youngsters like the Lockhart children. Well, Red, it ain't as if their mom and pop were alive. Well, to use your own expression, Duchess. Oh, fatal stakes. Let's let it go. It's too close to Christmas to get my back up over anything. Come on, let's shake up these Mustangs and get into Josh Wentworth's store. Well, doggone it, Josh. Haven't you even got a bobsled? Red, I ain't got nothing more left for Christmas than some puppy biscuits and a half a dozen marbles. <laughs> Never did see so much stuff sold so fast as this year. Oh, I got things for grown folks, but toys and kids' presents sold out. And I won't get no more till the order I telegraph for comes in late late this afternoon. Yeah, it comes in, and comes in on what and how, Josh? Well, uh, you see, I telegraphed over to Junction City, and the uh, the wholesale house there is sending me a whole shipment over on a freight wagon. Yes, sir, and a nice shipment, too. Just about everything a, a girl or boy would want. Well, Josh, in that case, why don't we give you our order? You can put the things aside when the freighter arrives, and we'll come in tomorrow bright and early and pick them up. Good idea, Red. That way you'll be sure of having what you want. Well, uh, wait till I get me a pencil. Sure wish I could figure out what's happened to little Beaver all of a sudden. Well, look who just came in. Weary Wilson. Well, I shouldn't worry coming in. Maybe he's buying his Christmas present here, too. Buying with what? I'd like to know. Oh, I, I got my pencil now, so, so let's have you... Oh, howdy, Weary. I'll be with you in a minute. Just as soon as I, I take an order from Red. It's all right, Joyce. Hello, folks. Hi, Weary. Well, Josh, let's get that list down, huh? Oh, I want a nice bobsled for the youngster. One of them flexible kind, Josh. Uh-huh. And uh, put me down for a baseball's catcher's mitt and a regular lead bat. Okay, Buckskip. Uh, anything else? Well, uh, I guess some marbles and tops for spring uh, when it gets here. Uh-huh. Marbles and tops. Uh-huh. I want a knife about the button sides, Josh, and a crayon set and some books that he can color. Oh, and don't forget that toy train he's been a-wanting. <laughs> you know, you, you folks might just as well take the whole freight wagon at this rate. Find me out, it looks like. Freight wagon? What freight wagon? Well, Josh is all out of toys for kids' presents. But he's got a load of new things coming in on the freight wagon. Oh. Like he says, there won't be much left for no one else the way you're ordering things. Well, Weary, wouldn't you say that's our business? Uh, lots of kids around here could use some of them things you're ordering. Except they ain't going to get any. Mm, shotguns, that's true every place, my friend. Just the same, I don't see why one little youngster's got to get so many. What's stopping you from rectifying these injustices you're talking about by going to work and earning enough money to buy some yourself? No. I work, Ryder. Work lots, I do. Well, maybe you do, Weary. But that's your business, just as this is ours. Uh, what do you mean, maybe I do? I work. I work plenty. 
Will you get that chip off your shoulder? After all, this is Christmas, you know. Yeah, fine Christmas. You rich folks buying everything just for one kid. Oh, gone it, Weary. Are you going to lay off now? I don't see you offering me no job. No? Well, if you really work and not quit after you've got a dollar under your belt, you can come out to Painted Valley and start today. Be hearted, ain't you? Let me tell you something, Mr. Ryder. I wouldn't work for you. I don't want to work for you, and I ain't going to work for you. Cheap talk to Catawan. Why not? Red offered you a job, didn't he? Oh, sure. Sure, sure he offered me a job. Just so as he can try and button to my business just like he does everyone else's. So gone you, you lazy, good-for-nothing grub-line rider. Take that back and take it back right now. Red, now, don't go stop no trouble in here. Duchess, this is no trouble at all. You're going to let me go, Ryder? All right, then. Ryder, Ryder, you're, you're going to be sorry for knocking me down. Am I weary? Here, let me help you up. I'm just sorry you made me hit you. Yeah, you got no business saying I won't work. Look, fella, why not prove I'm wrong by going to work? Why, sure. That is, if you don't up and quit third day, you're there. Well, how about it, Weary? Want to come out to Painted Valley? Uh, Should we have another uh, bunk made up? Can I can I come out after Christmas? Oh, for Pete's sake, is that the way to act after a person offers you a job? Uh, never mind, Josh. Let it go. Come on, Duchess. Buckskin. Yeah, as soon as that freighter gets to town, Red, I'll unpack the stuff and have all your things in a, a great big box waiting for you. Thanks, Josh. Thanks to you, Red. Thanks for the for the business. And Tommy Hawk to TP's where you better get out to Painted Valley and. Oh, no, come on, Buckskin. Weary's old enough to make up his own mind. Bye, everyone, and the best darn Christmas ever. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sure hope that Weary Wilson shows up and reports for work tomorrow. Always the optimist, aren't you, Buckskin? You expect that Weary's going to turn over a new... Tarnation red, now what? You see what I see? Over there by the hitch rail. Over there? Well, chop me down and call me Stompy. Little Beaver. Yeah, I thought we left him back home. What's he doing here in town? Well, that's what I'd like to know. And that's what I'm going to find out. Hey, son. Little Beaver. Come here. He sees us, Red. He sure does, and he looks like a kid what's been clutched in the jam closet. Come on, shake it up, Button. Howdy, Auntie Duchess. Let me think of me finding you in town. What's the idea of coming to town yourself, son? Me. Me just want him. Or me think of him. Yes, you just wanted. What? You going to give me money for Christmas? No, we're not. And what's more, I don't want my question answered with another question. Understand? Well, me coming to Devil's Hole to... Oh, look, Red Rider, there be him, Sue, Sue and Timmy Lockhart. We seen the Lockhart children with Weary Wilson when he was riding to town. But now you ain't answered your Uncle Red yet about what you're doing here. Okay. Me telling you. Well, thanks. Me want to see him about Christmas presents. Now, look here, little beaver. Any Christmas presents you get, we'll do the picking out. And what's more, we'll... Heavens to Betsy, Red. Stop climbing the youngster's frame. Now, did it ever occur to you that maybe he wanted to get a Christmas present himself and he could give to you? I'll be doggone. <laughs> sure, of course. Well, son, I'm as sorry as sorry can be. Forgive me. And me, too. Me no coming to get him you presents. Oh? Well, then why did you come to town? Oh, for goodness sake, Red... Can't you see? He don't want to tell you he come to town to buy you something. Now, give the child a little privacy, won't you? Yeah, Duchess, you're right. And I do. I apologize all over again. Just the same, son. We're heading for home, and we're taking you with us. Okay. 
First me say him goodbye to Sue and Timmy, and then get him papoose. Meet him here down the street where your horse is tied up. You know something, folks? If this wind changes about, we're apt to have a real white Christmas. Sure love white Christmases. Nothing like seeing the snow on the trees and the white on the ground to make a fella realize what Christmas stands for. <laughs> All of a sudden now, Buckskin's a philosopher. <laughs> philosopher nothing, Duchess. He's just in his second childhood. What would ooh like Santa Claus to bring ooh, baby blotches? <laughs> You're right. I'll get you. I ain't proud, boyfriend. Well, tell me. Well, what I'd like is one of them there mouth organs. Mouth organs? What'd be a mouth organ? <laughs> oh, mouth organ's another name for harmonica, son. Yes, sirree. Sure admire to have me a harmonica. I'm a getting real musical in my old ooh. That is my middle age. <laughs> well, you just write a note to Santa Claus. Uh, that's providing that you can write, and you tell him all about it. <laughs> Mouth organ, big kid. <laughs> that's what you are. <laughs> well, Duchess, I guess we'd all be better off if... Oh, hello. What's that coming over the hill toward us? Look at my big freight wagon, Red Rider. Freight wagon? Don't go on, Red. I bet you that there's a freighter that's bringing all of my Christmas things from Junction City that Josh Wentworth ordered. Christmas things? What you mean? Well, Josh got himself sold out, little beaver, and he had to order more stock for his store for presents for folks to buy. You mean um, things like dolls and toys? Dolls? Now, that's a fine question for a boy to be asking. <laughs> Cupid the Cuddling Red, uh, you think our half-fine friend here has gone and got himself into love? Me not in love. Me not in Cats, look, will you? Someone's trying to hold up that freight wagon. Why, the sheep stealing vomit? Come on, Red. Let's get that boat. Move there, sit All right, out there, fella. Turn up the dust. Come on, thunder. Little Beaver, which way did he turn here? Pick up that crook's trail. Easy, Papoose. Slam Son, what are you stopping for? Me, me losing trail. Oh, lost the trail? Why, even without my glasses, I can see sign here like the palm of my hand. If you see trail, you follow. Me no can see him. Well, I'll be ham, son. Even I can see where he went. Come on, let's get back after him. No. No, hold it, old-timer. Huh? Well, don't you want to catch that there parsimonious, persnickety, polecat? Yeah, I did, but looks like Little Beaver changed my plans. Anyhow, with the start he's now got, we'd probably never find him in those rocks. Red, uh, of course we didn't see the maverick close up. But now, wasn't there something about him that looked, well, just a mite familiar? Well, he sure enough was wearing a Mackinac and... I'd cry over spilled milk. Besides, if we're going to get home, let's get there. Weary Wilson. That's who it looked like. Now, Duchess, will you stop trying to play Sherlock Holmes and turn that pony around? The freight wagon's safe now. If we don't get home, we'll never get to Josh's tomorrow to pick up our packages for Christmas. Oh, Red Rider, if you don't beat all, get out. And stubborn, I've never seen the likes of you. 
Duchess, it's just eight hours till Christmas Eve. Don't you think you could lay off me just for tonight? But lollipops to lozenges, Red. Why hide all the presents we just lugged home from Josh's store down in the barn? Tell us that. Now, that's all we want to know. I did try to explain, but you both were so busy arguing with me, you wouldn't listen. If you mean that silly excuse you gave us about not wanting little Beaver to find his presents before we got them put in his stocking tonight... I'm telling you right to your freckle face, it is ridiculous. Sure is. Has Little Beaver ever tried to snoop in his presence before? No, of course not. Well, tell me this. Has Little Beaver ever deliberately stopped trailing someone before, like he did yesterday after that one-man raid in the freight wagon? Never. I'm telling you, there's something wrong or different about that youngster this year. Well, but that still don't give you no reason to hide all the presents down to the barn, Red. Well, if you ask me, and I know you didn't, uh, that you're hiding the presents has got a lot more in it than you're letting on, Mr. Ryder, if you ask me. All right. All right, I'll admit it. I didn't want you to find out I'd bought you a harmonica, Buckskin. Bought me a... Huh? That's got nothing to do with Little Beaver. Oh, Red, for pity's sake, what's come over you this Christmas? Well, I guess I'll have no peace without telling you, so here goes. Remember yesterday, Duchess, when you started to say the fellow who tried to raid the freight wagon was dressed like Weary Wilson? Yeah, but... All right. You just thought it was weary. I'm sure it was. So? So, in my own peculiar way, I've put two and two together, and I've got a feeling that after the way Weary acted in town yesterday, plus trying to stick up the wagon full of Christmas stuff, that knowing how much we ordered, he just might come out here and try to help himself to it. Well, of all the... Well, Red, all I can say is I'm surprised at you. Just plain, ordinary, everyday surprise. My beloved aunt, surprised or not, that's the end of my story. Or it... Billy, the kid, the bushwhackers, what's that? While you weren't looking, I set up a shotgun trap on the barn door. Come on. That's the first portion of Red Rider. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five-CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Red Rider. Red, what are we running for? To try and catch the crook who'd break in to steal Christmas presents. Undoubtedly weary. Hey, Red, look at it. Just running around the back of the barn. He's three youngsters. Youngsters? It sure is. Little Beaver? You stop right where you are. Well, I'll be hogtied. It is Little Beaver. Little Beaver and them there two Lockhart youngs. Timmy and his sister. Little Beaver, come here. Young man, did you hear me? Me hear him, you red rider. Me come him. And you pull him dirty trick, put him shotgun on barn door. I pulled a dirty trick. Little Beaver, now tell the truth. 
What were you doing trying to get into the barn, hmm? Me no tell him. Well, I'll tell if he won't. No, Timmy, no see him nothing. Well, Beaver, we've got to tell the truth. Well, it's time someone did, and if our youngster won't, you Lockhart youngsters go right ahead. Well, little Beaver told us that... Now, hold we... it, Timmy. No. What's wrong, Red? Over there by those aspens. Isn't that Weary Wilson trying to sneak away? Grave it to gooses, he sure is, Weary. So that's what you were trying to do, little Beaver. Help Weary Wilson escape again. No, Red Rider. Me not know him, Weary Wilson. Red, put that gun away. I'm not going to shoot him, Duchess. Just going to throw a few shots over his ears to stop him. Red, please don't. All right, Weary. Turn around now and head this way. We're just a little more than anxious to talk to you. Red, look at him. You plumb near scared the life right out of him. Shake it up, mister. We haven't got all day. Hey, don't, don't, Red. Don't, sir. Help me. All I done was come out here like you asked me. Take that job, that is. When I heard that shotgun go off and seen you come a-running, I, I got panicked and started to sneak off. That there's a likely story. It certainly is. And you might have gotten away with it, too, with little Beaver stalling us the way he did. Red Ryder, me not even see him where he Wilson. Honest, Mr. Ryder, little Beaver's telling the truth. He is. He is telling the truth. I'm sorry to say I don't believe it. Me tell him truth. Me tell him you exactly what happened. Finally. Remember me asking you for money for Christmas? Yes. Me want money to buy him presents for Timmy and Susie Lockhart. They be him orphans. No get him Christmas presents. Well, for gosh sakes, why didn't you say so? Yeah. And what's that got to do with this, anyhow? Me know you put them presents in barn. So me bring them Timmy and Susie here to give them some of my presents. Give them your presents? You betcha them. Learn them in Sunday school. Much better give them than to get them. Little Beaver, I don't know just what to say to beg your pardon in this, except that... Now, wait a minute. That doesn't explain Weary and his actions. And I, I guess nobody can explain but me, Red. You see, I'm all alone in this world, and, and that... Well, that kind of made me understand these here two Lockhart young'uns and feel sorry for them. And I decided I'd give Timmy and Susie a good Christmas, even if it was just for this one year. So you tried to hold up the freight wagon? Well, ma'am, I ain't saying I didn't. But all I was going to take was a present apiece for the two of them. Honest. So help me. Then why'd you come out here today? Because I got to thinking it over and I decided to go to work. Maybe if I saved enough money to to adopt these two kids. You see, since, since three of us is all alone, I, I reckoned it might be nicer if, if we each had at least somebody. That blame it, Red. Well, what are we all standing out here for... Let's get inside and ask, act like human beings ourselves. Let's make this one a real Christmas. Golly, you've given us the best Christmas ever, Duchess. Auntie Duchess from now on, Susie. That same goes for me. You're real people, all of you. We are. How about you, and especially little Beaver? You two really showed us what Christmas should mean. Christmas mean them only one thing. Everybody being brothers. Nobody fight them with brothers. Just love them. And that make them good world. Yeah, that there goes for me, too. Huh. Not too sure anybody loves you, you fossil-faced fat-sided <laughs> 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 Not even if I play my mouth on bringing a harmonica for you, Duchess. Don't say, I can play a nice little Christmas carol I learned myself this morning. Hey, Christmas carol, that's great. Go ahead, you start it, Buckskin. We'll all sing it along with you while we wish everybody everywhere all the joy and contentment the good Lord meant for us to have. Go on, give us the note. (laughs) 
Special Christmas program was sponsored by the Bakers of Langendorf Bread, America's finest. The Bakers of Langendorf Bread, your announcer Art Gilmore, and the entire Red Rider cast wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Christmas to all of you, and... Uh, Happy New Year, everyone! This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. KHJ and KHJ-FM, the Don Lee Stations, Los Angeles. And that's Red Rider from December 23rd, 1948. A good Christmas show starring Brooke Temple. Also in that cast was John McGovern. That was sponsored by Langendorf Bread. I don't think that's around anymore. Langendorf Bread, is it? I'm not familiar with it, but I it sounds good. I don't I don't think it's around anymore. It was heard on Mutual, and I hope you enjoyed that. Well, before we tune in to the great Gildersleeve, I have a letter, Lisa, I want to read. And Mike, from a listener of our show, and he also is a member of the Classic Radio Club. And folks, if you don't know about the Classic Radio Club, just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. It's a way for you as our listeners to receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of over 100,000 shows, the best quality shows that I have in the library, sent to your home either on CDs or you can choose the digital option. And uh, Greg from Sellersburg, Indiana, wrote, I received my first monthly set of Classic Radio Club CDs just four days ago. They far exceed my best expectations. Wonderful sounds. I feel like I'm in the studio audience of Abbott and Costello and with Fibber McGee and Molly. The sound quality is unbelievable. I just received these on Thursday, and I've already listened to half of them. I will not make it a month, probably not a week before. I've listened to all 10 shows for this month, which means I will be hungering for the next month's delivery. Thanks for making these. You are making a just a few years to retirement man happy best Greg, which is a very, I mean, a really nice letter. And he obviously appreciates all we do to make these shows sound great. And that's what you'll get, folks, when you join the Classic Radio Club. You will get the best shows from my library. I'm hand-choosing them every single month. You'll get 10 shows on five CDs. And when you join the club, it's only $4.99 plus shipping and handling to get your first set of 10 shows on five CDs. And I know, Lisa, your parents get these. Mike gets them. It's a lot of fun to get a surprise box in the mail with 10 classic radio shows and all the uh, liner notes that I write as well, right? I love my set. I look forward to it every month. Yeah. And what does your dad think of it and your mom? Well, we do share. Yeah. So that's one nice thing we can do with our CDs. Do they listen in the car? Save a few bucks. I don't know how they listen, uh, but I listen right on my computer. What about you, Mike? Do you take the uh, CD cases and put them right on the shelf and start the whole uh, shelf with these? I do, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I do the same thing. And, uh, I, you know, I love classic radio. I not only love listening to them 
in my spare time, but I love hand-selecting the ones that are going to be in the next collection for our, our members to get. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com, learn all about it at our website. I know you'll enjoy being a club member. All right, it's time now for The Great Gildersleeve. This is a terrific Christmas show. You are going to love this show. It's very heartwarming. Let's go back to December 20th, 1950. This is called A Christmas Present for Catherine. Willard Waterman stars now in part one of The Great Gildersleeve. Portions of the following program are transcribed. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company. Well, it's a crisp, cold night in Summerfield. Here and there, a lighted Christmas tree glows warmly in a window. Holly wreaths have begun to appear. The ground is white with new snow, and it's still falling. Big, fat flakes that cling to the porches and the trees, and to the brim of the Great Gildersleeve's hat as he hurries down his front steps. Makes a cautious turn as he reaches the sidewalk. And then strides gaily up the street toward Catherine Milford's house. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. What? Wait for me! Where you going, Unc? Well, I'm dropping in at Miss Milford's for a while this evening. Can I walk with you? I'm going to Piggy's house. They're putting up that tree tonight. We're going to decorate it. Well, good. Don't stand on the furniture. You gonna help Nurse Milford decorate her tree? Well, you can't tell. We may string a few cranberries, drape the icicles around. What if Dr. Olson is there? Leroy, don't worry about Dr. Olson. Well, I'm not. But you said he was a pain in the neck. You said he was always hanging around her house when you wanted to be there. Yeah, well, you weren't supposed to have heard that. But that used to be that way. How is it now? Leroy, the nurse has decided she doesn't need a doctor as much as she needs a water commissioner. <laughs> The fact is, I haven't seen Dr. Clarence Olson in weeks. Gee, then you're winning, aren't you, You bet I win. Golly, you gotta be smart to be the doctor, too. You said it. Gee, and you're my uncle. Yeah. Well, here's Piggy's house. See you later, Uncle. Yeah, see you later, Leroy. Yes, sir, there's a mighty fine boy. Well, Throckmorton. Hello, Catherine. Come on in. My, it's snowing out, isn't it? Yeah, just a little. Look at you. You have a big snowflake right on the end of your nose. Yeah, I do? Well, cold nose, warm heart. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take your coat. Yeah, thank you. Well, beautiful tree, Kathy. And Christmas presents. Are all those for me? No, but you can help me finish wrapping them. Yeah, fine. Lots of presents. Well, Mother and I have lots of relatives. Yeah, sure. Then I couldn't forget those darling children down at the hospital. You? There are five of them that Santa Claus may not remember. Well, good for you, Captain. Be a shame if any little kitties were forgotten on Christmas. Mm. Here, put your finger on this ribbon while I tie the knot, huh? Yeah, yeah, all right. Interesting paper you're using, Catherine. Mistletoe design. <laughs> Just put the package over there. No, I think I'll balance it right on top of your head. Morton. You know what that means, mistletoe. Oh, <laughs> Aren't you rushing the season a little? You're only three more shopping days. You better put the package down there by the tree. <laughs> Shucks. Say, here's a fancy looking package. Oh, I think that's the one Mother's giving me. Oh, you know, your mother couldn't wait, huh? Mm. You let me shake this. 
Oh, but I can guess what's in it. Now, Throckmorton. Yep. Carfellow. Oh, dear. Well, isn't that just like your mother? To the dearest girl in the world, Clarence. Clarence! Throckmorton, give me the package. That one isn't the mother. No, I guess not. <laughs> Dr. Clarence Olson, the intern, huh? I thought he'd given up. Clarence has been on night duty at the hospital. Well, just so he hasn't been on night duty with my nurse. <laughs> well, he hasn't forgotten me. I can hardly wait to open his present. He always thinks of the most original thing. Well, I haven't brought you my present yet. I'm liable to think of something pretty original, too. Really? Give me a hint. A hint? Well... At the hospital, Clarence keeps teasing me about what's in this package. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. All he'll tell me is that it starts with a K for Catherine. Isn't that clever? Well, I guess there's a fine line between being clever and being corny. Rock <laughs> Morton, he's very ingenious. In fact, the mistletoe paper was his idea. It was? Mm-hmm. Well, it may have been his idea, but I was the first one who thought of holding it over your head. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Coming, Bertie, coming. I wonder what Catherine is getting from that doctor. Clarence, the clever cut-up. I'll have to go him one better. Good morning, Auntie. Hiya. Good morning, children. Marjorie, what Christmas present can you think of that start with the letter K? K? Who's the present for, Uncle? A little kid we know spelled K-I-D? Hardly, Leroy. I was thinking about something for a young lady. Oh, you mean me. <laughs> we'll get around to you children later. You know, there's a present under Miss Milford's tree. It starts with a K. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Uh-huh. Leroy, what do you mean, uh-huh? It's Miss Milford's present from Dr. Olson, isn't it? You well, yes. Well, if it's from Dr. Olson, why do you want to know what it is, Unky? Well, I don't want to give her the same present, Marjorie. I'd like to give her something a little better. Well, if it starts with a K, maybe it's a... a Kodak. No, no, it's a pretty big package. Canary? (laughs) I don't think it's anything alive, Leroy. And as I recall, Canary doesn't start with a K. Like hot coffee, Mr. Gilsey? Yeah, thank you, Bertie. Bertie, we're trying to think of some gift a woman would like starting with a K. Any ideas, Bertie? Well, if it's for a woman, maybe it's something for the kitchen. Yeah, I can't think of anything for the kitchen that starts with a K. Except Kraft cheese. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Maybe it's kisses, Mr. Gillespie. Kisses? The candy type. You know, candy kisses wrapped in paper. <laughs> My goodness. Gee, that Dr. Olson... I wish I'd have thought of giving her something starting with a K for Catherine. Let's see. K. K. Carrot? You could be giving her a diamond. You wouldn't dare. Kettle drums? Kilts? Yeah, you wouldn't give her those. She'd look cute in them, though. Well, good morning, Gildad. Well, the Honorable Judge Hooker. Good morning, Horace. You were walking along with a faraway look in your eye. Dreaming of a white Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> you old goat. Yeah, 
I'm trying to get an idea about a Christmas present for Miss Milford, Horace. Oh? Well, I came down to hear the Craft Choral Club. They're going to sing around the community Christmas tree here in the square. Oh, yes. Well, let's get a little closer. You know, I've been so worried about Catherine's Christmas present, I almost forgot they were in town. They came all the way from Chicago, Gilda. Yeah, I know, Judge. See, there are a lot of them. You wonder who makes the cheese while they're on tour. Shh. About to sing. Ladies and gentlemen, at this Christmas season, it is our pleasure to present the Kraft Choral Club under the direction of Gerhard Schroeder. I think I'll try finding something for Catherine in a hurry and come back. I'll wait here, Gildy. In fact, I may go up and sing with them. You please, not that judge. They didn't come all the way from Chicago to find the lost discord. Now, Gildy. Wait a minute. They're going to sing again. Tide spirit coursing through my veins. That's the first portion of the great Gildersleeve More of Hollywood 360 after these words. 
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X minus one. Suspense. Now you can receive 10 classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next time it's the conclusion to The Great Gildersleeve from 1950. Then Shirley Temple hosts Family Theater and a good Christmas program as well. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.